season's greetings and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with your two hosts, two men who would love to find a bit of bacon under the Christmas tree. It's Fred Roll and JT. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, Fred Roll. Yeah, season's greetings indeed. We're um, we're into December now, scary stuff. So Christmas is coming and the holidays are here. Coca-Cola advert's probably on TV somewhere, although I've not seen it yet this year. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're kicking off our Christmas specials. We're doing a whole month of these. So what are we looking at today, Fred Roll? Well, to get us in the festive mood, JT, we are looking at the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Apparently, you're not allowed to say Christmas anymore, um, so it's a holiday special. Um, and it stars pretty much the whole cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, at least the ones that are still alive from what I've seen, um, directed by James Gunn. Um, it came out last week. I'm looking at Wiki right now. It runs for 42 minutes. came out on November the 25th, 2022. And it doesn't have anything around the world of like budget or how many viewers it got on Disney Plus, which is where it's available at the moment. But um, apparently it's really popular and it's done really well, but they just haven't actually given any figures. So who knows? Indeed, I'm sure it would do really well. Apologies if I did even use the word Christmas then. I wasn't even thinking straight, but you know. <laughs> It's Christmas, isn't it? Let's, let's not beat about the bush. Um, yeah, the whole crew is in this one. Um, some are in it more than others, shall we say. Um, I imagine the budget was fairly healthy. Uh, yeah, it's good to see it on Disney+. Plus. I mean, you couldn't really put this out in the cinema or anything. It's only 42 minutes long. But um, yeah, well, obviously we'll look at it as, as time goes on. Kevin Bacon as well. What a welcome addition to the squad he was. He, he definitely is, yeah, and that's a bit of an in-joke because we've seen, because we've done the um the first two Guardians movies in our uh, reviews, so go back and listen to them if you haven't heard them already. Um, yeah, he's obviously mentioned a couple of times actually bringing him in as himself, really, as a kind of a uh, fourth wall type thing, I suppose, for this uh, particular universe, the MCU. I wonder if, because um, they've shot Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is going to be the last one with this ensemble, so to speak, I wonder if they must have filmed this around the same time, like because I had them all together and I had all the makeup and everything and part of the budget, and they just did this as an offshoot instead of doing it as a whole separate thing. Mm, yeah, good shout, probably, because this, I mean, obviously Disney Plus have got the budget, they can do what they want, and the Marvel Universe brings in the bucks, but yeah, I'd imagine so, particularly as some of them, I mean, Nebula, Karen Gillan, and uh, a couple of the other characters only make sort of very brief appearances, so you'd have thought because they're in their full makeup and everything, they probably would have sneaked this in around filming the, the third film. Yeah, good shout there, Bread Roll. Yeah, it just seemed a bit logical. And um, also as well, as we we did um, the original two, as I've mentioned just now, but again, music plays a massive part in this one, doesn't it? And it's got two original songs that I feel like I tried to be pushed a little bit too hard um, in this movie, but we'll discuss them. And it's also got obviously a pretty uh, decent regular soundtrack to go with it as well. Yeah. Music's always been a part of these films, hasn't it? Um, yeah, it's a little bit cheesy in places, isn't it? Some of the music in this. I mean, again, you um, you did a shout out to the original two Guardians films we've done. I suppose we should probably give a shout out to um, the Nick Cage film we did last week because uh, Kevin Bacon's <laughs> playing himself and Nick Cage obviously played himself in that one. So shameless plug there for uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent if you haven't heard that one as well. Oh, good shout. Yeah, I, I hadn't forgotten we did that one, but the uh, comparison <laughs> of people playing themselves um, went over my head on that one. Yeah, it's a good call there, JT. So um, let's look at the old synopsis then. Now, this is quite a, um, it's going to be a shorter episode than normal, which some of you may enjoy, um, because this movie or this um, special, should I say, only runs for 42 minutes, um, but it does cram a fair bit in, in its uh, sort of running time. So let's take a gander. The Guardians of the Galaxy purchase Nowhere from the Collector and take in Cosmo the Space Dog as a new member. As Christmas approaches, Kraglin tells the Guardians the story of how Yondu ruined Christmas for Peter in his childhood. 
Mantis discusses with Drax about finding the perfect Christmas present for Quill, as the, as the latter is still depressed following the loss of Gamora. After brainstorming for ideas, they decide to go to Earth and retrieve Quill's childhood hero, actor Kevin Bacon. So there's pretty much the uh, brief intro of this particular episode. It actually starts off in animated form. What were your thoughts on it, JT? <laughs> it actually confused me when it started with animated form, because I didn't try like i said last week with um another shameless plug for the unbearable weight i had the synopsis in front of me this one i thought i'm going to do my notes about any synopsis i'm just going to do it um and it started animated and i thought this isn't going to be an animated thing is it it's 42 minutes long shit is it just going to be voice acted obviously you see yondu um in the animated scene doesn't actually appear does he as himself he's just the animated uh michael rooker's voice and um he's really not into christmas at all is he? he's kicking right off He's not. No, I mean, you can kind of tell Yondu would be a bit of a Grinch. I mean, we love Yondu. He's a great character. But um, yeah, he's definitely not happy, is it? So, it was good that they got, obviously, Michael Rooker back to voice it. But I do feel like, again, it's probably like a budget thing and all that lot. But it would have been good to see Yondu back in his full makeup and have him on screen properly. But there you go. Didn't he die at the end of the last one, though? Oh, I can't remember. That's how vague my memory is of the last one. But did Yondu die? Or am I wrong Yeah, there? he died. But where this is a flashback, obviously... Peter Quill now yeah. when he's younger um, they could have obviously got him back to do it but I think it was like a nod to like is it rotoscope animation it's that really kind of specific style isn't it a really old school one that all the cartoons used to be done in so obviously we get him animated in this point yeah and obviously then it does cut to I'm going to use the words real time in very big inverted commas um, <laughs> but obviously the actual characters themselves and all the crew they're doing their thing aren't they Rocket's talking to Cosmo and they're all sort of doing their own thing and they do sort of get a glimpse of everyone in this scene yeah yeah they're all kind of uh there and about and i have seen i didn't clock it myself but i did see on twitter a few people tweeting a picture of mark hamill as if he was in there like for the blink of an eye but i don't know if that was true or not but um who knows then we've got cosmo the space dog which i is a pretty amusing character obviously the uh the russian dog that went um i was in the space to die but turns out he was a uh, captain taken to nowhere uh nowhere sorry yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, who the fuck is he Is he talking to? It's only when I actually pulled the synopsis up after I'd done my notes. I was like, oh, that's Cosmo, yeah. So I was like, why is he talking to a dog? Why is the dog talking back to him? <laughs> and I did remember that. There's a little flashback to the, the last film. And then some guy, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, but he asked some um, old uh, Quill to help him with a Christmas song. He says, we've just picked up his instruments, his earth instruments, and we've been learning like how to play them. Then they just break into this random Christmas song, don't they? And the lyrics are a little bit misguided, and Peter's like, huh, with some of them. But it's quite catchy, isn't it? But I guess that's one of the original songs in the film. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and again, like when they did that song at the start, I thought, yeah, that's cool. And again, like, it, like you say, it's like the Chinese whispers of what these aliens have heard about Christmas, and then they sort of translate it a bit wrong and kind of sets up what the uh, the movies or the, the episode's going to be all about for that obviously, and not a movie as such. But um, yeah, I did think that song, the way they did it, I just thought they're really going to try and push this and try and make it a thing. But I didn't think it was that great of a song, to be honest. It was catchy and it was amusing as far as the story goes. But it's not one of those songs that you hear and you think, yeah, that was amazing. That's definitely going to be like stuck in my head now because pretty much forgotten how it goes now. Yeah, I've forgotten how it goes as well. It was just one of those instantly forgettable pop punk songs with some stupid Christmas lyrics thrown in. But the titles are rolling while it's on. So it's there to sort of serve a purpose, I guess, isn't it? And then we get Mantis and she's getting a little bit emotional with Drax about um, being Peter's sister now. She hasn't told him and everything. And Drax is like, oh, 
she, uh, Mantis said, I've got this secret drag star. Is it about the Zarg nuts? You ate all the Zarg nuts. And she's like, no, no, it's about me being Peter's sister. And it keeps, he keeps going on about these fucking Zarg nuts. Suddenly, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Drax. As we mentioned with um, the first two movies that we did, but I think Dave Bautista is brilliant as Drax. And um, him and Mantis just have really good chemistry. And I quite like Mantis as a character. So it was good to see them. They're pretty much front and centre for this episode. To say, we see Nebula, like a few scenes. Groot, for some reason, is now built like a brick shit house. I'm not quite sure why. Um, and Rocket's still sort of prancing around, but it's mainly Drax and um, Mantis in this one. It is, isn't it? And no offence to, to Groot as a character, but he can be quite annoying, but he's hardly in this, is he? he doesn't really do anything. But yeah, he's massive now. He's like Drax size, isn't he? And then um, it does cut to older Kevin Bacon on Earth. And I was like, what's going on here then? Again, not really knowing what was what was going to happen. And he's he's talking to his wife on the phone and everything. And then... Mantis and Drax just fly down to Earth, and I did like that scene again. It's the chemistry between them. Everyone's staring at the ship, aren't they, on Earth? And they're like, what the fuck is this? And Mantis is like, you did remember to put the cloaking device on, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course I did. And he sort of goes, oh, shit, and just flicks it on quickly. And she's like, I just saw you do that. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, yeah, it is good. It's just that sort of typical, like, almost like fucking Saturday morning cartoon comedy, but they pull it off so well with their body language. One thing that I did think... um, Again, like, I know you might pick up on this because, again, you're not really a big fan of the MCU as a whole and I haven't watched the up-to-date movies for a while. But at this stage, Earth is, has been invaded by fucking titans and aliens and all kinds of shit. They know there's superheroes. They know there's spaceships. They're all looking at, like, um, the Guardian ship coming into orbit like it's, like, fucking Independence Day or something. It's like Earth has seen its fair share of spaceships and fucking interstellar shit by now. So why are you all acting like it's the first time you've seen one? Uh, see, I wasn't aware of the timeline, so I was just looking at that as a sort of standalone thing. I do like it when um, they say Kevin Bacon's the leader of the world. <laughs> that was quite funny. I mean, he, he's cool and everything, but I'm not quite sure he's that good. No, he's not quite up there. And I wonder if that was Kevin Bacon's real house. Actually, obviously, it's probably like Hollywood-looking house, isn't it? The way he's got it all decorated and all that sort of shit. It's quite stylish and very open plan and weird, like you imagine with these like American Hollywood houses and stuff. But yeah, I meant to check if I wonder if that's actually his real house and if that was actually his real wife. He was um, obviously chatting to, if he is married, I assume he is. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the house is very, very nice, definitely. So now Mantis and Drax arrive in Hollywood, Los Angeles, where they search for Bacon, Kevin Bacon that is, after spending time at Grumman's Chinese Theatre and Hollywood Walk of Fame and a bar, they acquire a map of celebrities, uh, residences and locate uh, Bacon's home in Beverly Hills. Bacon, who is waiting for his family to come home, is terrified by the appearance of Mantis and Drax and tries to escape. Police arrive to help, but Mantis places them and Bacon in a trance before taking Bacon with them. I've never seen a... uh, a few sentences use the word bacon so often. <laughs> there was a lot of bacon in that one there. <laughs> bacon going on there. But um, this is, uh, it's like a little montage, but isn't it? When they're sort of first arriving on Earth and you've got all the cosplayers and everyone. And I love the fact Manta sees like Steve Rogers and like runs over and is like, Steve, and hugs him. And then she sees Captain Marvel, who everyone hates, like fans and everyone alike. And she sort of just fucking snubs her. Yeah, it's good. And it? I love it. Like, say, when they're walking down Hollywood Boulevard and Drax beats up the Autobot. Uh, he's like, what is it he says? He's like, an Autobot like, killed my cousin or uncle or something, doesn't he? In the end of that whole sort of scene when they're walking down Hollywood Boulevard, you see him beating the shit out of this Autobot. But that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And they, um, we sort of, just sort of see them sort of prancing around and then they go to that bar, don't they? And they just start getting fucking pissed and dancing and everything. 
Yeah, but also we see this in all these sort of films. They don't actually pay to go in the bar. They walk up to the bouncer and he just nods and lets them in. Then they do chuck a load of money down on the bar and start getting pissed. But they didn't actually pay to get in the place. Maybe you don't have to pay in America to get in. I don't know. Maybe all the money's once you get inside. But over here, you have to pay to get in the door, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it's a fancy bar, maybe like you get in, you get your stamp on your hand and the first drink's free, which is probably just like watered down piss now most of the places around here. But um, yeah, strange that they just found us to walk in. Although if Dave Batista walked out to me, I wouldn't really argue with him if he wanted to go in. <laughs> Away you go, mate. <laughs> yeah, you probably would let him in. And Mantis looks a bit crazy with those old uh, fucking things on her head. So yeah, maybe you would just let him in. I don't know. But um, she goes a bit mad, doesn't she, old Mantis? She has a drink and she goes fucking crazy. And then she has another one and starts dancing. And Drax is just sitting they're getting pissed with the locals I thought that was quite good yeah but then there's a bit where like they're pissed outside and then that random woman's there and she's like oh we need to find Kevin Bacon and she's like oh I'll sell you um, a map I was thinking they probably do have these things in LA but it's not that great is it I mean a lot of these movie stars probably like a lot of their privacy and stuff and it kind of goes with the tourism but it's like I wouldn't want my if I was like a movie star or something I wouldn't want my name and address on a fucking map just for people to buy and come and find me yeah, I did think that. I, I'm sure it can't be like that, can it? You just wouldn't be able to get to people's houses. Like you say, I mean, these these are famous people and there's going to be crazy stalkers out there. And also, she's like, I'll sell it to you for $40. And then is it does Mantis hypnotise her? She's like, oh, we'll have it for nothing. She's like, all right, here you go. And just gives it to her. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fucking, they get to Kevin Bacon's house, don't they? And obviously, um, he launches fucking, what's her name, over the... They first try and ring him, don't they? And um, they, he just thinks they're crazy fans, so he like ignores them. Then he sort of throws Mantis over the wall and jumps over. Then they're looking at all the decorations and like fucking it's Dave Batista. He wants um like a little fucking elf man, doesn't he? And he's like, I want to take a little man, <laughs> yeah. a little man, and he like grabs it. And then Mantis is like, we can't do that, and then grabs a fucking candy cane. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah, I love the way he just chucks her over the thing. She's like, um, just just lift me over the fence and he just lobs her over. Then he jumps over it as well. And um, like you say, Kevin Bacon's house is lovely. I guess those EE ads are paying off, aren't they? Because it's a yeah, fucking it great house he's got. Yeah, and he's got all his uh, Wi-Fi and everything on, isn't he? Obviously, he's not going to get any... Uh, he's got good network coverage from EE, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, because they're obviously knocking at the door and he's fucking shitting himself, isn't he? Yeah, and his Christmas decorations are full on, aren't they? I mean, he's he's gone to town with his decorations. But yeah, when, they, when they're on the, the thing, they're like, Kevin Bacon. He's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we love you. And he's like, okay, who the fuck are you? And then they just, um, Drax just jumps through the fucking window, doesn't he? <laughs> he smashes him. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I do like Bacon's reaction as well, because it's quite a sort of genuine one, isn't it? Drax comes charging through the wall and he's like, Kevin Bacon, the hero of Earth. And he's just like, ah! Fucking tries to run. <laughs> Yeah, and then the, the old Bill turn up. He calls the police, doesn't he? And then they turn up and they start, start shooting Drax. He's like, oh, it tickles. And then Mantis puts them all into a trance. And then she they, she flips over a car. Old, old Drax as one of them flips over this car and they're upside down. He, she's talking to him going, oh, we're really sorry. We didn't mean to do that. And she gives him the elf, doesn't she? It's like a little sort of keepsake. So oh, we're really sorry. Have this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the, in it, when they're leaving the house as well to chase Kevin Bacon, that Drax's like, I left my man indoors. We need my little yeah. man and stuff. He goes, no, you can't. We've got, to, we've got to go and get Kevin Bacon for Peter. And he's like, but I want my little man. Yeah, she's like, who's more important, Peter's Christmas or, or your little man? He's like, my little man. <laughs> <laughs> so as they return to nowhere, Mantis and Drax are disappointed to learn that Bacon is an actor and not a real-life hero. Later, the Guardian surprised Quill with a Christmas celebration, but Quill is horrified to learn that Bacon has been kidnapped demanding that he has returned home. 
On the Guardian's new spaceship, the Bowie, Bacon learns that Craglin has how, um, learns from Craglin how he inspired Quill's heroism and decides to celebrate Christmas with the Guardians before returning home. This bit's pretty cool, isn't it? When they're they're flying back and he's like, "Tell us about the time that you saved the town from the, you know by dancing or something." Peter Quill did that once to save the galaxy, and he's just like, "Well, that was actually a movie, and it was good fun and stuff." Yeah, they get really pissed off him when they find out he's an actor. And um, she's, Mantis is like, are you friends with the Fonz? And he's like, well, the Fonz isn't a real person. That's actually Henry Winkler. And then there's one bit here, which I'm not going to lay claim to actually know myself, but um, Mantis says to Kevin, um, oh, you fought Jason Voorhees, but apparently Jason wasn't actually the killer in the film that Kevin Bacon starred in. Um, Jason didn't actually start killing until Friday the 13th Part 2. So the film that Kevin Bacon was in, Jason Voorhees was not the, the uh, protagonist, apparently. I don't no, know. No, that's, that's true. Yeah, it's Mrs. Voorhees. He's the, uh, the killer. It was a bit of a genre-defining thing at the time because everyone's used to, obviously, males being the murderers and stuff. And you're right, Jason didn't appear until the sequel. But he was right about getting an arrow through the throat, though. Oh, right. Yeah, see, I, I, I didn't know that. It's something I've read on uh, Wiki or IMDb. Um, but yeah, it's quite funny when they actually realise that he's not really the the hero. Well, he's the hero in these films, but obviously he's not playing himself. And they're, like, they're really pissed off for him, aren't they? Yeah, because uh, actors are horrible. Yeah, they're the worst. Who wants an actor and all that sort of stuff? Obviously, just doing a little bit of a piss take there. But um, it's pretty cool when they get to nowhere. Because again, even though it's that kind of oversaturated CGI, the way they do the kind of, they light everything up for Peter and all they've got the lights and everything up. And you've got like... Um, what's her name nebula she's got this big spotlight on the tree and all that stuff i thought it looked great that bit yeah i really like that actually got a little bit warm inside i mean i'm not a big christmas fan but yeah they all they lead him outside it all lights up nebula turns on this snow machine it all comes down they all come say merry christmas to him and groups there as well and then group wheels out kevin bacon he's in a box isn't he that was quite funny yeah I was just up Peter's reaction because obviously he starts like hearing like the tapping at the box and everything, and he opens and he's like, "Did you guys go and steal Kevin Bacon?" And it's like, "No." This <laughs> Kevin Bacon's like, "Guys, I'm suffocating in here. There's no air." And they open it up, and there he is. And Peter's like, "What the fuck?" Then he goes mental, doesn't he? When Kevin actually comes out of the box. Yeah, because they put him in a trance to make him behave like he's one of the the heroes, isn't he? And he's like, take them, take him out of the trance now, Mantis. He's like, sorry. Comes over and like takes off and everything, and then he fucking freaks out and he's like, where am I? You're in space, and he just does that fucking weird scream again and legs it. And then yeah. like, Gamora's like, you can't get away from me, Bacon. And goes fucking. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. And then he goes and has a chat with Volder Craglin, and then his wife calls him, doesn't he? Kevin Bacon's wife, and I thought this was quite good actually because I was thinking how the fuck would you have a signal up there? And he does question it, doesn't he? He's like, how the hell have I got signal up here? And uh, old Craglin goes, oh, yeah, there's some good satellites or something. So fair play. Like, they actually address that situation. And his wife's like, um, yeah, when are you going to be home? He's like, oh, I'm going to be a little bit late. I'm with some friends. Yeah. And that would have been a good time to plug EE again, wouldn't it? You know, wow, coverage is really good. We get it all the way on the other side of the galaxy or something. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Maybe it was a little nod to um, EE without actually saying it. And then Kevin Bacon, bake, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon breaks into a Christmas song, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And at first I was like, it's just like a cover of something, but I think it was another original song. And I think Bacon does actually play in a band or has done in the past and stuff. But again, it was an okay song for the scene, but it was one of those things I think, I don't know if that's, you know, sort of a one and done type thing. I don't know if it's going to kind of like take off and become something that people like. I don't know. I just thought it was just good enough for the movie. Yeah, I think... Bacon is some kind of musician. He's got a band on the side. A lot of these Hollywood people have, haven't they? Johnny Depp obviously plays in a band. Um, he certainly looks like he knows what he's doing. 
Um, and then you sort of, they're all passing around Christmas presents, aren't they? Nebula's got um, Rocky, Bucky's arm, and Mantis has got Drax. He's, she's actually got him the little elf thing, hasn't she? She's actually brought it with her. They're all sort of handing out presents. And again, it's cheesy, but it's quite nice. Yeah, I like the way Drax is wearing a fucking Christmas jumper with a cat with a laser eyes on it. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, good. <laughs> Randomly, um, Dave Bautista um, said that he's he didn't want to have to do movies with his shirt off anymore because he's worried that because he's getting older and everything, he's starting to look a bit saggy and that. So he specifically wanted to be wearing a top for the rest of the Guardians movies. This obviously this one and the third movie, which is his last one apparently. Um, which is why he wears a top a lot on this one. But I'm thinking, well, you're in better shape than I'm ever going to be in, so you should be proud of that. I was going to say, if he thinks he looks saggy, fucking hell, he needs to come and have a look at my belly. <laughs> so um, after the celebration, Quill reveals to Mantis that Yondu eventually changed his mind about Christmas and gifted him a pair of blasters, which now serve as his primary weapons. Mantis confides in him that she is Quill's half-sister. After years of refusing to tell him the truth, out of fear of reminding him of his father's ego's misdeeds, to Quill's surprise and elation. And that's pretty much how the uh, the episode ends, um, really. It's just that kind of like reveal. Um, and that's it. Like I say, they get the presents. Mantis, obviously, that's the kind of thing. It's like, oh, that's, a, that's the best Christmas present ever. And then we get the little animated section again of Yondu giving Quill or leaving a present on the side. Because, um, Yondu finds the rubbish, doesn't he? Like, and he unwraps one that's got his name on it, and that's one of the little toys that he likes to collect from the other films. Yeah, I thought that was quite a nice little nod there. Um, and yeah, Mantis, obviously, she's been really worried about telling Peter that she's his sister or half-sister, and then when she tells him, he's like, oh, that's the best Christmas gift a man could ever get, which is quite nice. Then we get The Pogues again, Fairy Tale of New York, which is it's one of those Christmas songs. Everyone rates it as the best Christmas song ever, and it is a good song, but it, it really pisses me off these days. I think just because it's held in such high esteem it's not really a great song um it's more annoying than anything but christmas songs in general are annoying i guess that's one of the better ones oh i fucking hate that song as soon as it comes on i'm just like great i've got to listen to this fucking droney shit coming on so i i was enjoying the episode until that came on but i know what you mean i know loads of people absolutely love it it's one of those kind of like all-time sort of like favorites but i fucking hate that but then again i'm a miserable kid i don't really like christmas that much anyway but um definitely don't like that song that's a miserable christmas song though bread roll so you know <laughs> but yeah i know what you're saying it's just held in such high regard and it doesn't really need to be and then we do get um a scene after the credits don't we um rocket and cosmo are decorating groot as a christmas tree and he gets pissed off and then they're like oh no so now we need to do another special so i imagine we're going to get another one next year after guardians three i guess yeah, quite possibly. Or maybe they'll do another kind of um, marvel based one. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> one thing, just before we finish up and give this one a review, fucking Groot gets one of the old school Game Boys, doesn't he? But mm. so I know those things are about the size of a Chevy, but with the way he's looking at the moment, he's not going to be able to press the bloody buttons with it. <laughs> not with those fucking sausage. Well, I'd say sausage, <laughs> more like branch fingers. Yeah, that wouldn't work. But um, yeah, he does. So there we are. That is our look at the holiday special for Guardians of the Galaxy. Only thing left to do now is to give this one some scores, and I believe it's my turn to go first. I believe it is bread roll. Yeah, nice short one this week, but it's a short, short episode or short film. Is it a film? Not really, but anyway, yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, this um, this was quite entertaining, really. I mean, it was forty two minutes long, so it definitely didn't outstay its welcome. Uh, it's, I mean, I like the first two Guardians of the Galaxy films. I felt. This was very much, it just had like a one note thing. They was going to kidnap Kevin Bacon and bring him the space. And I thought, 
as a contained story, it was pretty good. Obviously, they had pretty much all of the cast in there, so that was pretty cool to see. But I don't think it's something I'm really... It's gonna. It's nice to see Christmas specials again, because you don't really see many of them anymore, especially ones that are done in these sort of like more fantastical kind of galaxies. So I do like what it was doing, and it was something a bit different to watch this year. But I don't think it's one of those things that I'll think, oh, yeah, every Christmas I need to tune in and watch this, you know, as a kind of an all-time classic. It was kind of a one-and-done for me. It was amusing, and I'm glad Drax and um, Mantis are up front because they're two of my more preferred characters in this particular series, and Drax is really good. Kevin Bacon was a great addition. I quite like Kevin Bacon. Um, good to see him mingling. It's kind of these type of actors, and I think James Gunn kind of complement his sort of style, at least the way he does movies these days. There's nothing wrong with this um, particular um, show, so to speak, apart from that god-awful Christmas song at the end. But there's also nothing really spectacular about it, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just going to give this one three others. Like, it was good. It was fun. I'd recommend anyone to watch it. And it's obviously good for the kids, if nothing else. But, um, yeah, not groundbreaking. So, three others from me, JT. Oh, good stuff, Bredwell. Yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of what you just said there. Um, straight off the bat, I enjoyed this. Um, it's, it's fun. It's basically a Drax and Mantis special, which, as you say, is not a bad thing. It's, they're both great tech characters and probably don't get as much screen time as they deserve in the in the actual films. Um, yeah, they managed to get the whole gang together, even if a few of them were only in it for a very limited time. Bacon was funny, playing himself, a la Nick Cage, again, another shameless plug for um, last week's uh, review we did. It was typical Peter Gunn, wasn't it? Guardians, pretty healthy, sprinkling the Christmas cheese as well, but it kind of worked. I mean, I'm not a huge Christmas fan. Um, I, like the, I like the time off and the, the whole getting drunk thing but Christmas in general is totally overrated as far as I'm concerned um, I think the running time 42 minutes yeah spot on um, good stuff I think overall nothing earth shattering but as far as Christmas special goes it was it was good and it, like I say it's good to see them back we don't see that many these days certainly from as you say the big budget franchises um, I'm sure this had a healthy budget although we don't know what the budget was um, so yeah again I'm going to give this three others as well um, it's not really a film is it it's more of a tv program really with um obviously the the film sort of franchise behind it um but yeah it's good fun an easy watch and um even if you haven't even seen any of the guardians films it's worth chucking on just to to, to sort of have a fun christmas vibe so yeah three others for me as well bread roll good fun well lovely stuff yeah and um yeah like you said that that's great um great point actually if you haven't seen the guardians movies you don't really need to because you'll learn the characters names and it's such a one-shot sort of storyline going to earth kidnap kevin bacon and bring him back and we're going to do it in 40 minutes that's pretty much all you need to know really to um sit and watch this one and by the time you've had a few christmas day sherries everyone will probably look the same anyway so it doesn't really matter um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah that is our look at uh, the gardens of the galaxy holiday special get in touch and let us know what you think of this um show if you've watched it or what you think of our show in general um you can follow us at the hyperbaric ghosts on twitter and stay tuned throughout December as we'll be bringing you more actual Christmas-themed movies. We've got a few classics lined up along the way. Not quite sure what we're going to be doing next week, but if you're following us, which I'm sure you all are, we'll try and announce it for you. Indeed, it'll be something Christmas-themed. Um, yeah, we've got a couple lined up, so it's just a case of which one we do and when we do it. So yeah, definitely will be something along the Christmas line, definitely. There we go, and I hope you're all having a good time out there and uh, starting the uh, festive period off with a bang. And this is Bread Rolls signing off. And for me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. Kevin Bacon, you have to pretend you're an actual hero or else Christmas is doomed. (laughs) 